They had, out of the kinship of newness, sat next to each other and were able to start up a conversation on the subject of their first day at the club. It's amazing, Ganendel had said when the meeting had adjourned. I haven't spoken it since my mother died twenty years ago, yet I caught every word. God, I feel good speaking that language. It brings back memories of my childhood, my mother, those delicious Friday nights. Oh, those wonderful Friday nights, Velville had responded, his mind jogged by the dormant images now sprung to life. The candles, the rich rhythm of Yiddish speech, the smells of fricassee and honey cake. He looked at Ganendel as someone familiar, someone perhaps that he had known in his youth, or at least someone recognizable to his spirit. She was smallish, thinner than his wife Mimi, who had allowed herself to run to fat. Lines were embedded in Ganendel's tanned face, but when the light hit her at a special angle, the wrinkles disappeared, and with them, the years. She looked then like a young girl. When he told her this, after they had become intimate in their conversation, she pursed her lips in mock disbelief and punched him lightly on the arm. But he could see she was pleased. Thank God you're telling me that in Yiddish, she said. If my David would hear it, he'd think you're flirting. I am. She put a hand over her mouth and giggled like a girl. It had not seemed possible to her that anything could occur beyond their light-hearted banter, their kibitzing in Yiddish. She dismissed such thoughts as idle and forbidden speculation. And yet, they would sit for a long time after the meetings were over, discussing their lives, their children, their fortunes. At first, their exchanges had been purely factual, filled with the details of their biographies. I worked for the Veterans Administration as a lawyer and hated every minute of it, Velville had said, but I was frightened to death. He was surprised to have told her that. He had never referred to being frightened except to himself, characterizing his long term as a civil servant merely as an easy buck with no hassle. What he really meant, he knew, was that he had been too scared to leave the government. But I had two kids, and it was safe. So we lived in Flatbush, and the kids grew up, and we waited out my pension. Not very exciting. My parents had greater dreams for me, but they had scrambled so hard for money that they made me paranoid about it. Are you sorry you stayed with the government so long? Why is she probing my regret, he wondered, yet understanding the special poignancy that Yiddish could inject into such inquiries. Of course I regret it, but I went through the motions for my family. She too could understand that kind of sacrifice. She had also longed for other things. I wanted to travel, she said lifting her eyes to his. He had all his hair, she noted, and a part of it was still black. It was his most striking feature. A handsome man, she concluded to herself, feeling a faint stirring, a mysterious memory of yearning. 
Once we did go on a package B'nai B'rith tour of Israel, I loved it. Not necessarily because of my Jewishness, but because it was exotic. It all looked like a movie set. David, after the first day, didn't tour. He hates touring. And I love it. That's why we never went anywhere else. I love to travel, Velville said suddenly, knowing it was true, although he too had never traveled. Where have you been? Not very many places, he said. But it was important for him to be scrupulously truthful with her, like strangers meeting on a train who say things to each other that they wouldn't dare say to anyone they really knew. In fact, no place. My wife would never leave the children.